Amen. You may be seated. Turn with me, if you would, in your Bibles to the book of Philemon, chapter 1. And now I know that even some of you that grew up in church are going, where is Philemon? It's this little, little book over in the New Testament. Um, just look in the front of your Bible and it'll show you what page it's on. But we're going to get to that in just a moment. We're, um, we're in a series talking about uh, intentional prayer intentional prayer uh, we're not talking about safe small insignificant general prayers as followers of Jesus we're talking about praying big God honoring faith-filled specific prayers like the Apostle Paul prayed um, you know so often our prayers are just benign they're, they're, they're safe, they're small, they're, they're general. Um, and nothing wrong with prayers that are small. God hears our prayers. Um, you know, there's nothing wrong with praying, you know, God, I'm anxious about going into the dentist right now. Would you just help me? Or God, I'm anxious about, um, you know, this blood draw or whatever. Help me not to pass out. Th those are all good. Nothing wrong with those, right? Um, but that can't be all that we pray. Uh, some of our prayers are just outright funny. Um, you know, when I'm sitting down with my biggie-sized Big Mac meal and I'm praying and asking God to bless it to the nourishment of my body, I'm like, really, come on. You, you think this is like miracle time or what? Because it, it's going to take a miracle. Um, you know, or think of the prayers that, for those of you who have, had young children in your house and you say your bedtime prayers with them before you go to bed and you take little Johnny or little Susie into the this dark room about where they're going to be all night you know by themselves or whatever and, and then you start praying this uh, now I lay me down to sleep I pray the Lord my soul to keep and if I die before I wake I pray the Lord my soul would really I mean you know, I'm just wondering who sat down and thought, you know what, I'm going to write a children's prayer for the whole world to use and make the main theme death. Um, and then uh, if, that, if that's not enough, as we're done praying that prayer with little Johnny, whom we're about to leave in the room all by himself for the night and just about to close uh, the door, what do we say? In case that didn't top it off, sleep tight. Don't let the, the bed bugs. I mean, you know, <clears throat> um, today I want to talk about a specific prayer that the Apostle Paul prayed. And there's really more than one reason as to why he prayed this prayer. Um, but let me ask you this question. How many of you, and this can be, you, know, you don't have to raise your hand, but how many of you really want to know all that you have in the fullness of Christ as being his followers? How many want your family and friends to truly understand all that they really have in Christ as his followers? Remember last Sunday we talked about, <clears throat> um, we talked about uh, one of the, the most important prayers we could pray for those we love is God help them to understand in a supernatural way help them to understand how much you love them because man that changes everything right 
And, uh, and, and this one, Paul is praying, you know, God, help them to have this understanding of everything they really do truly have in you. And the Apostle Paul goes on to say, and we're going to talk about this, but he goes on to say, if you really want to understand all that you really have in Christ, he said, you need to share your faith with others. Kind of like, if you want this, then do this. If you really want to have a full understanding of all that you have in Christ, then Paul says to share your faith. And we're going to talk about that in a moment. But let me give you a little bit of a, a backstory here uh, on the book of Philemon. Uh, this was a personal letter. You know, like this is like we walked into someone's kitchen, picked up a letter off the table, a personal letter, opening it up and reading it, all right? This is what this is. This was a personal letter that the Apostle Paul wrote to his friend Philemon. Um, Philemon was a successful businessman. Um, he had a house church in his home or, or what we might think of a life group. Uh, in his home. Well, the story goes that at one point, one of his slaves escaped because back then they owned slaves and one escaped. His, his name was Onesimus, okay? Everybody say that with me. One, two, three. Onesimus, right? And um, it's so interesting in preaching, you know, all the weird names I have to say. So when it comes to some of these like this, I just say, Troy, just say it real strong and confident, and they'll think, yeah, that's obviously the way it's supposed to be said, so. Um, but anyway, on Isthmus, he, he ran away from his master Philemon, who was a friend of the Apostle Paul's, and Philemon was a successful businessman. He had a house church. Uh, we don't know exactly what happened, but the Apostle Paul ends up leading this slave to Jesus, and Onesimus comes back and he says, you know, to the Apostle Paul, he's like, wow, I need to go back and make things right with Philemon. And so the Apostle Paul proactively writes this letter to Philemon because it just so happens that the Apostle Paul and Philemon are friends. And Paul wants to write a letter about this slave that had escaped and um, vouched for him. And basically he says, Philemon, you need to understand um, Jesus has changed this guy's life. He's coming back to you. I want you to receive him as a brother in the faith because that's what he is. And so Paul is writing this heartfelt letter, this plea to his friend, the business owner, um, to Philemon on behalf of this now brother in Christ, that is, his life has been transformed. And Paul's saying, I want you to treat him right. He's your brother in the faith. Now, we're going to look at just a few portions of this story. And this is what the Apostle Paul says in his letter to Philemon in chapter 1, beginning with verse 4. I always thank my God as I remember you in my prayers. Because I hear about your faith in the Lord Jesus and your love for all the who. All the saints. So the Apostle Paul is writing to Philemon going, man, I really hear that, you know, you are really loving on the saints and you're treating them well. Verse 6, I pray 
that you may be active in sharing your faith. Here's why. So that you will have a full understanding of every good thing we have in Christ. Verse 7. Your love has given me great joy and encouragement because you, brother, have refreshed the hearts of the saints. Now go back to verse 6. Look at verse 6 again with me. He says, I pray that you may be active in doing what? Sharing your faith. Why did he pray this? So that you will have a what? A full understanding of every good thing we have in Christ. Now, um, what else? might have been going on behind the scenes in this story. You know, the Bible doesn't tell us every little detail that happens between the lines and stories. It, it, but here's very likely what could have happened in this moment. Um, the, the slave runs away. He goes to Rome. We know that for sure. The Bible tells us. Somehow he meets up with this guy by the name of Paul, the Apostle Paul. He's, uh, you know, this slave is probably afraid for his life. He's scared. He's asking questions. He's spiritually lost or something. Somehow, the slave and Paul connect, and they hit it off with each other. And, and Paul tells this guy, he says, oh, wow, I was once like you. I once hated Christians as, as well, but then I met Christ, and he transformed my life in a powerful way. You, you know, Paul says to Onesimus, you need to know him. And, and something happens and the slave is like, yeah, I, I need that. I want that. And he prays. And long story short, this slave becomes a follower of Christ. And Paul, not knowing any of the slave's history or where he came from, starts talking to him and going, you know, like, hey, tell me about your life. Tell me about yourself. Where'd you come from? And and the slave is telling Paul, hey, I work for a guy by the name of Philemon. And, and Paul says, wait, Philemon? There's not a lot of people named Philemon. Is it the same Philemon that, you know, and they go on. Paul says, dude, that, because that's how Paul would have talked. Dude, that is so amazing. I know Philemon as well. Philemon is my friend. He's a su successful businessman. He has a house church. And, and, and then Paul kind of, you, you can kind of read between the lines here based on what Paul wrote. It, like, you're that close to Philemon and you're not a follower of Christ? Didn't, didn't Philemon ever tell you about Jesus? What? He, he didn't? And so Paul writes this to Philemon. Philemon, I thank God that I hear about your faith in Jesus Christ and your love for the who? The saints. Like, he's, you're, you're loving your church family well, man. Your house church is rocking. You're really loving the Christians. But you can almost hear Paul's mind turning as he's writing here and going, but wait, don't, don't forget to share your faith to those who don't know Jesus. It, it's great that you're loving the saints and your house church is rocking, but don't forget to share your faith with those who don't know Jesus, especially those you're with every day. You have every opportunity. I pray that he says that you will continue to share your faith. 
And I think the reason that the Apostle Paul is writing this way and encouraging Philemon this way is because Paul knows that one of the dangerous things for Christians to do is to become inward-focused and for it to become a self-centered version of Christianity where instead of loving those who are far from God, we start to judge those who are far from God. Not, not, maybe not even out loud, maybe not even proactively and intentionally, but in our minds we think them versus us. And when we become so inward focused like that, we start thinking, man, the, the world is bad. You know, we Christians need to stay away from those people that they listen to secular music and they watch Spongebob and stuff. The horrible, horrible people. Listen, the last thing that Jesus said before he ascended into heaven was go into the world and shine forth. He said, go into the world and, and preach the gospel. Baptize people in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Make disciples. You are the salt of the earth. You are the light of the world. Don't run from the darkness. Don't hide from your neighbors who aren't Christians and, and all that. He's saying... I, I don't understand how Onesimus, who works right with you on a daily basis, Philemon, doesn't even know Jesus. And, and when Jesus, one of the last things he said was, go into all the world. Build those relationships. Connect. Why People are dying, lost all the time. People are dying. I don't know if this fits here, but speaking of people who are dying, um, I got a text from, and I asked his permission to do this. He was in the first service, and I asked him earlier in the week. But I got a text from, some of you know, a guy by the name of David Jess. This is, this is so good. And uh, David Jess, if you don't know him, I will just tell you one of our folks who is just, he's kind of a comedian, funny, you know, just always having fun kind of guy. And this is the text he sent me and Pastor Tom. He said, I don't recall ever having a memorial service at New Life. Has it never come up? Um, he goes on to say, I absolutely do not want a traditional viewing. Those always creep me out, but some closure would be necessary. We had memorial services for each of my parents, blah, blah, blah. And then Pastor Tom answers like you should answer in the text. He says, can you share more where you're coming from or what? We're talking about, did someone pass away? I might have missed an initial text or piece of information, or are you just thinking hypothetically about funerals and caskets, and, uh, you know, or are we talking about celebrating someone's life, etc.? And uh, at this point, uh, David just says, hey, Tom, it's just hypothetical. We have no indication or desire, blah, blah, blah. He, he said he was just making, you know, just planning, you know, being a good steward, right? Uh, and so Tom's trying to figure it out with him. My first text back to David Jess is this. How does next Friday at 2 work? <laughs> to which David, he replies, he says, I, I told Carla, that's his wife, I told Carla I was thinking about cremation, so she made me an appointment. <laughs> uh, the point, I, I mean, that's fun, but Jesus says, People are not only dying lost, but they're living lost. They're just lost. 
He says we need to be the salt of the earth. We need to be the light of the world. We always need to be active in sharing our faith, Paul says to Philemon. As, Philemon. as followers of Jesus, we know it's critically important to share our faith. But what's interesting is, from a statistical perspective, if I were to ask us today how many over the last seven days purposefully shared our faith with somebody... And that doesn't necessarily mean going through the Romans road of witnessing or the four spiritual laws. It can mean that, and that's all great stuff. But how many of us were very purposeful this last week in some way, shape, or form of sharing our faith? And we know that statistically speaking for a fact, we know that very few Christians have done it in the last seven days. Um, and so the question is, if, if it's so important, and I think every one of us would raise our hand and go, yes, it's critical that we share our faith. The question is, why don't we do it more often and more purposefully? Um, any number of reasons. One is, you know, we just get busy. You know, life happens, and we're just trying to keep our head above water, et cetera, et cetera. Or we don't, we don't want to be that girl or that guy that's imposing our beliefs onto someone else and we don't want to come across you know like right um we sometimes tend not to share our faith because and i would say this affects a lot of people we just don't feel like we know enough to share our faith if we knew more we'd do it but paul is implying through this prayer um that that's not how it works it doesn't work by knowing more and then share your faith He's saying, when you share your faith, Philemon, then you understand more. Paul is praying that we would constantly share our faith in Jesus. When we share our faith in Jesus, something positive, multiple positive things happen, including lives are being changed. Uh, and it may be that you're simply planting a seed or you're watering the seed that someone else planted or maybe you're fortunate enough to harvest the seed or whatever and you see someone's lives transformed and as you share your faith, Paul says, yes, obviously it's about helping that person to become a follower of Jesus, but it's also about helping you and me to understand everything we have in Christ. That's how you understand it. You grow deeper in your relationship with Jesus by doing what? Sitting around and talking about it all the time? No, that's important, but says by sharing your faith you fall more in love with Jesus you understand more of what it means to walk in the spirit when you share your faith you, you want to share your faith even more as time can I can I tell you this one of the last things I ever want to do in life is be a pastor that just comes to church I stand up here for 30 minutes and I preach to people they check that off their christian to-do list and then they roll on like normal throughout the week and there's no real change or nothing really happens and no one outside is affected or and i just preach to the same old group over and over and over and over again i have zero desire to do that we come here one to worship god 
thank him for all that he's done for us, but also we come here together to go, okay, how can I take this out into the world? How can I take this out and share my faith? How can I be a bridge builder of hope? And then we reach more people and some come into the church and we love that and some may never darken the doors of our church and that's okay if they meet Jesus somewhere, some way, somehow. As you share your faith, you get this outward evangelistic, loving focus toward other people. And, and guess what the two biggies are in the Christian faith? Love God, love others, right? That's the two biggies. And then what happens is, as you share your faith and you see God move, you want to share your faith even more, and more lives are impacted. You grow deeper in your understanding, and you have more of an outward focus, and you, you just continually, I can do this, I can do this. And I'm, as I'm doing this, I'm learning more of what I have in Christ, and lives are being transformed, and it's just this awesome experience. But here's what often happens. We often feel like we don't know enough. We often feel like, we're not good enough. You know, like, who am I? You know, like, if, if they knew my past, who am I to share Jesus? So we don't share our faith. Lives aren't impacted. Because we're doing this inward-looking Christianity thing, this, you know, we're in our holy huddle thing, and we don't grow deeper in our understanding of, of Christ and therefore, instead of an outward focus, we become inward-looking Christians, which, by the way, is an oxymoron, right? Um, we're no longer sharing our faith. We become lukewarm. We become the salt that has lost its savor. We need to be sharing our faith. Thank you. When I do this at least three times, that is a perfect place for a hearty amen. Um, now... Let me give you a, a, a few simple ways we share our faith based around some Bible stories. One way you can share your faith is to be loving and direct. Loving but direct. In Acts chapter 2, this is what Peter did when he preached to thousands of people. He was loving, but he was very direct. He said to them, you need to repent of your sins, turn to God, be baptized in the name of Jesus. You need to be born again, boom, drop the mic. I mean, he was direct. What, what he didn't say was, you know, guys, maybe you ought to consider, maybe you should think about your spiritual options, maybe you ought to blah, blah, blah. No, he's direct. And there will be times when the Holy Spirit directs us and says, Troy, you need to be very clear and direct with that person. Now, we don't do it all the time that way, uh, you know, because if you do, you, you come across as a jerk or weird, and that's not reaching anyone. And yet there are those moments when God says to you, you need to tell that person they need Jesus. Jesus loves them. Jesus wants to have a relationship. That There are those times. Uh, you can also share your faith by simply sharing your story. Every one of us have a story. Um, in fact, in John 9, there's this amazing story of this guy who was born blind, and, and yet Jesus comes, and 
He brings healing to the guy. The guy can all of a sudden see and, and, and guess who creates the disturbance in the midst of this awesome miracle. It's not non-Christians. It's the, the church religious people, the Pharisees, and they're going, you know, they start this huge deep discussion. You know, this great miracle has just happened. And, and they go, well, why was this guy blind in the first place? Was it because of his parents and they sinned? Or, you know, Jesus, you healed this guy on the Sabbath, and so, Jesus, really, you're a sinner because you're not supposed to be laboring on the Sabbath or whatever. And I can hear the guy in that moment say, I have no idea what y'all are discussing. I, I, I don't know the theology of what you're discussing. All I can tell you from my personal story, from my personal experience, is that yesterday I couldn't see, and today I can. Yesterday I had no hope, today I have hope. Yesterday I had no peace, but today I have peace. Um, for some of us, the, the greatest tool we have in sharing our faith is to be able to say, all I know is I used to be an addict, but then I met Jesus. All I know is I used to hurt all the time, but then I met Jesus, and now, now I have this peace. All I know is I used to be lost, but because of Jesus, now I'm found. Tell your story. And this is crucial, whether it's a dramatic story or not, all right? It's a tool that God uses to reach others. Oh, I, I lost a child too, I lost a marriage too, or I was hurt by my church as well, or I had this happen to me, let me tell you what God did. Rabbit trail here just for a moment. We often glorify the stories that are big and dramatic about, you know, someone was changed from this to that, and it was a big dramatic story of prison and drugs or pornography and all, you know, whatever. Just as powerful a story are the stories that are not dramatic in that way. And, and if you have a story that's not dramatic in that way, maybe you grew up in church, maybe you never really went out and did horrible things or whatever that you had to be saved from, man, you were lost, but now you are found. And I could, I could talk for a long time about this topic using the story of the prodigal son and, and what the brother who never left home had versus the brother who left home and had this dramatic story and yet all of this baggage, man, I'm grateful for people that don't have what we refer to as a big dramatic story, but I want to tell you, it is just as powerful as any of the other stories, all right? You can be loving and direct. You can share your story. You can also share your, your faith by inviting people to church. You know, it doesn't get any easier than this. You know, hey, come to New Life. Meet me at New Life this Sunday. There's three times. What, what time do you want? What's, are you an early riser? Do you want to wait till the 1130 service? I guarantee you, even if Troy is preaching that morning, you're going to love it. It's going to be great. And you simply invite them to church. It's that easy. You know, as a church, your leadership team, your board, your staff, the ministry leaders... We don't always get it right, but I can assure you of this, of everything we talk about and plan and dream up, we have your unsaved family or friend in mind when we do. Because why else are we here? Uh, 
this is essentially what the woman did in John chapter 4, basically invited people to church. Jesus had an interaction with this Samaritan woman, a sinful woman, a, a good Jewish guy would have never done that in that culture. And he's caring for this woman. He says, man, you've had five husbands up to this point. The guy you're shacking up with now isn't even your husband. And she's like, how do you know all of this stuff? And, and, and Jesus goes on and says, hey, you are thirsting for something, but the water you're using to quench that thirst is not ever going to truly satisfy. But I have living water. I have water that you will never thirst again. And this lady, this lady is so moved by this she runs back to her community no theology degree never been to bible college never went to mount vernon nazarene university never was a pastor's kid never any of those things and all she does with her community is just says come come check out this guy that has told me everything that i have ever done come meet this guy and you can do the same thing just Meet me at church. Come to church. I don't have all the answers. I can't explain it to you, but just come to church. Give it a try. It's not difficult to do. And we really do make it as easy as possible for you to love inviting your friends and family to church. Let me give you one more way to share your faith. You can live a life that other people want. Um, one of the best ways to share your faith is obviously by simply living a godly life. Often non-Christians look at Christians and go, ooh, they're not behaving like they talk or they're not talking like they, and they think of us as hypocrites when what we need to do is to show those close to you that you care, you spend time with them, you help meet their needs, you, you offer to listen when they have problems. You know, I, I, would, I would almost guarantee that anyone who is a follower of Christ in this room this morning can point back to someone in your life and go, I saw them, I watched them, they had something that I didn't have, and I wanted it. Right? This is what we're talking about. And this is what happens when Paul and Silas you know, there's this crazy story you can read about in the book of Acts. They get arrested and um, they, they get thrown in prison. And obviously, Paul and Silas, they're Jesus followers. And they're in jail and they're sitting in a moment when many of us, including myself, would be sitting there fearful and angry and discouraged and all this stuff. And yet, what do Paul and Silas do? They start a worship service in jail. And the jailer's thinking, man, uh, most people don't worship God when they're bound up in chains and they're sitting in these dark, damp prison cells. And then some of you know the story, if you grew up in church, as they're worshiping God, God sends an earthquake, the jail doors and the chains are all loosed. And the jailer's sitting there going, man, these guys, they've escaped, they're, they're going to kill me, my life is over and then the apostle, this is the very short version. Then the apostle Paul says, don't kill yourself. We're still here. I mean, even in the midst of all of this, they're still showing love to this guy. They're still sharing their faith. They're still being a witness to this, to this guy. And basically this guy, in the Bible he says, you know, tell me how to be saved. What he's really saying in our language today in 2023 is, I want what you have. 
whatever it is you have. I, I don't know it. I can't explain it. I don't understand it. But I see something in you, Paul and Silas, that I want. Listen, you can live in such a way where people are watching you and going, I want what you have. Now, again, ultimately, you got to get back and talk to them about it. You can't just walk the walk only, which that's obviously critical, but you got to talk the talk as well. you got to offer opportunity. You've got to share your faith. You're going, okay, Troy, what's all of this have to do with intentional prayer? We're talking about intentional prayer. Being intentional simply means to pray on purpose, to pray as intended, looking at 1 Thessalonians 5 it instructs people to be it instructs us to be purposeful as we pray to pray always we're we're, we're talking about being purposeful and sharing our faith you see the gospel is often referred to as a gift but in the life of the christian the, the gospel is more than a gift it's a responsibility every single follower of christ should be doing every single thing we can to reach people who don't know Jesus with the gospel. So back to intentional prayer, verse 6. Paul prayed very intentionally, very purposefully. This was his prayer. I pray that you, talking to Philemon, okay, I pray that you may be active in sharing your faith. All right, so this is a bold, specific, purposeful, God-honoring prayer all right, and I, I would encourage us, let's pray this week, God, help me to have the opportunity, help me to see the opportunity, God, help me to take the opportunity to share my faith. God, pray that God would open our eyes to divine opportunities. Why? The Apostle Paul goes on to say, so that you will have a full understanding of every good thing we have in Christ. I shared this with you not too long ago, but of course I prayed a lot all the time, but just recently I started another kind of a technique as into what to pray about, you know, because sometimes you sit around going, okay, I'm ready to pray, I don't even know what to pray about. So it wasn't too long ago, I started purposefully keeping a prayer list or a prayer journal. And for you, maybe it's not a prayer journal on your phone or a prayer list. Maybe it's a note on a napkin you keep in your car or a sticky note on your desk at work. Or maybe you just have a lot better memory than I do or whatever. But basically, I keep a list so that when I say, hey, I'll be praying for you, I, I jot that down and I will be praying for you. It's not just a cliche. Um, and what I'll do is I'll put Bob slash physical need or Joe slash whatever, you know, or Susie slash whatever. It is critical, according to the Apostle Paul, that at least a couple of the names written on your prayer list, however you keep that, says hyphen salvation not just for physical needs or financial needs or relational needs, or, but it is critical that we pray specific, bold, purposeful, Joe slash salvation 
Susie slash salvation. And so what I would challenge you to is to look at your list, however you keep that, whatever you pray for, and go, am I purposefully praying for the salvation of people this week? And if not, there's no condemnation. Just do it. Just, just start it. Say, God, if there's a way I can be a witness to that person this week, if there's a way I can be a part of the solution to that person this week, help me to do it. Make the moment available. Lord, we thank you for your word. And we thank you, Lord, that you make very clear that kingdom principles are most often different than earthly principles and when it comes to learning more about who we are in Christ it's not about just sitting around in a room and talking about it even though those times and that, that, that education that's all important but father help us to be sharing our faith with others one so that the lost might be found the broken might be mended, the sick may be healed, but Father, also so that we can understand who we are in you. And like we talked about last Sunday, so that we can really have this supernatural understanding of how much you love us, which changes everything about life. Now, Lord, we just take a moment before we leave this place. We worship you. We thank you, Lord, like that song earlier we sang, for all you've done, we just, we just worship you, we praise you, and we're going to do like, we're going to have a moment of what Paul and Silas had in that, that prison cell that day, and we're just going to worship you before we leave. Now, God, help us not to keep this to ourselves, but to take it out and share it with others. And all God's people said, amen. Let's stand and praise God this morning. Shine.
I pray that you leave today as people who are continually giving God praise for the things that he has done in your life so that people can see that there is something different in you and it is because of our Savior Jesus Christ. I pray you guys have a great week. We'll see you guys next week. Yes, living, dying, let me breathe.